Do you look at your mountain of goals and feel stuck? Or have you already achieved great things and yet you know there's still more? Then you've come to the right place. We're here to offer practical tools and tangible strategies to change your mindset. And challenge you to produce a life beyond the norm. I'm Nate. I'm Laura. Welcome to the Transcendence Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Transcendence Podcast as we dive into the different Enneagram types. Now, if you're not familiar with what the Enneagram is, go back a few episodes. It's actually the second episode. It dives into what is the Enneagram, why we love the Enneagram, and how we utilize it to improve our self-awareness and our personal growth. And today we're going to dive into the Enneagram type six, the loyalist. And Laura, this is actually your type. Yes, which I think will help us give a firsthand experience on what it's like to be this number. And just like in a few weeks, we'll be doing type eight. You know, it really helps to have someone who can tell you what it is like to be a six and what life looks like as a six. Yeah, Laura, why don't you dive into what it means to be an Enneagram type six, the loyalist? Yes, the loyalist is described as the committed, security-oriented type. They're engaging, responsible, they can be anxious, and very suspicious. Um, This type is reliable, they're hardworking, they're responsible, and they're trustworthy. And sixes are also excellent troubleshooters because they have a way of foreseeing any potential problems because... They are pretty much always thinking of worst case scenarios, no matter what it is. Yes, type sixes are really great to have in a group such as like a council board or a decision making group, even if they're not the head decision maker, just having them in the group because of their situational awareness and their risk analysis. They're so good at giving different probable outcomes, Mm -hmm. whereas a lot of other types, such as myself, can just focus on the best case scenario and that's what you're planning for and that's what you're going to make happen. But oftentimes you're going to miss the little things and it could cause you to jump in something too soon right? without actually analyzing risk. So always have them on a team when you're making decisions. Mm-hmm. Their basic fear is to be without support or guidance and their basic desire is to have security and support. Would you say that's true, Nate? Yes, very true. <laughs> Their key motives are that they want to have security. They want to feel supported by others and to have that reassurance in their life. They also fight against insecurity and anxiety. I feel like for sixes, their biggest struggle is fear, of course, um, but also anxiety and just being anxious. They're going to go hand in hand with each other, fear and anxiety for a type six. Yeah, and anxiety is just a form of fear. Mm -hmm. It always goes back to that root emotion of fear and Six's deadly sin is actually fear because a lot of their fears are actually irrational or very exaggerated. When I say the worst possible outcome, I mean literally the worst thing that could happen in a series of events all happen in a six's mind. And you're going to see that over the course of this episode, how fear comes about multiple times in multiple different ways and how it affects a six. So I'm going to read from The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stable. And this is on the uh, the chapter all about the type six. And it's called What It's Like to Be a Six. It says, I'm always imagining and planning for the worst. People say I'm loyal, understanding, funny, and compassionate. I'm aware that fear has dictated many of my life choices. I don't trust people who give too many compliments. And I have to know people for a long time before I can really trust them, which I feel like that last one there, I really resonate with. And it's something and six, if you're six listening, you probably will agree with this, that 
trust is a huge thing for you. And, you know, it's not something that you give right away, but once it's established and you have a trust, it's practically unbreakable because you've take you've took the time to develop that trust with another person. Yeah. One, one of the funniest things about Laura and I being married is that the sixes and the eights are both the two types that have the biggest trust issues. <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason why when we developed that trust so early on that we were inseparable from that part because we didn't want to have to trust another person was part of it. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to grow together. And you're going to see sixes, some examples of sixes, um, some well-known sixes are people like Mark Twain or Mark Walburn or Jay Leno or Julia Roberts. These are all examples of sixes. And a lot of them you see like Mark Walburn, you would never see that he has fear because obviously he's always the hero in the movie. He's mm-hmm. never scared of anything in the movies, but when he, you know, is in his personal life, he struggles with fear. So next we're going to get into the wings. First, we'll start with six wing five, which is the defender. These are going to be more introverted. They're intellectual, cautious, focused, sometimes paranoid, anxious, and they can be standoffish. Whereas the six wing seven, they're called the buddy. They're more extroverted, materialistic, sociable, playful, funny, energetic, active, and sometimes impulsive. So you can see how both wings are very opposite of each other. Um, and you can be a six, but fall on a completely opposite of, a spe- of the spectrum than anybody else. That would be a six as well. Yeah. And one thing that's really different about the sixes too, is their subtypes. So diving into their subtypes, obviously we have the social, we have the intimate and we have the self-preservation. The social sixes are going to be your most intellectual sixes. These are going to be your most rational and your most logical sixes. These are going to be the ones that really want to follow guidelines and they get, they find safety and they lower their amount of anxiety by being logical, by being concerned with the boundaries in life and the rules set in place. They're going to be your more precise ones that really focus on black and white. There's no gray area for a social six. It's either right or it's wrong. Now, when you dive into the intimate sixes, These are going to be your bold and assertive ones. These are going to be your defensive ones. These are going to be the ones that in a fight or flight moment, they choose fight almost every single time. They deal with fear by attacking it head on. Now, sometimes they can be overly assertive or even intimidating to the wrong person. So they got to watch how much they choose to fight and the way that they choose to fight, which we'll get into that later in this episode. Now, the self-preservation sixes are actually going to be your most fearful sixes. These are going to be the most insecure and the most cautious. They really focus on building a couple strong relationships to have safety in what they call this dangerous world. In a fight or flight moment, they're choosing flight every single time. They want to avoid danger and avoid disappointment and avoid anything at all costs that may harm them. They oftentimes actually repress anger. They, They try to avoid their emotions in just finding safety and just holding it in. They don't like to share things. So now getting into the groupings of the type sixes, um, their intelligence center is going to be the same as what we talked about last week. They share it with the fives and the sevens. So it'll be the same as we talk about next week. This is the thinking center or the head center. These are going to be the ones that have a distorted view in their thinking. They're often going to think things irrationally or see things differently than they really are. So the common emotion, like we talked about last week for this group is fear, um, which again, it's most prevalent in the sixes out of all the different types. So it even stands out more in this grouping too. 
Now, the way that sixes deal with fear is they foresee the worst case scenario. They seek guidance from authority when they're, you know, feeling they don't have their own inner guidance. They oftentimes seek an authority or an expert because they need some sort of safety. They need guidance. They need direction. But when they're feeling independent and when they're feeling like they can make their own choice, they oftentimes are very rebellious. They're like one spectrum, <clears throat> one end of the spectrum to the other. They're never in between. They're, they're, they always struggle with this dependence and this abandonment balancing beam. Mm. They don't want to be too dependent and they don't want to be abandoned. And you're going to see that with the six. They oftentimes, they want to find support, but they don't want to be seen as needy or dependent. So they oftentimes don't know how to ask for support. And that's where they get caught up in this trap of not knowing what to do. Right. Sixes can become very anxious and very pessimistic, but they can also be very loyal. They can be very sensitive. And again, like we talked about earlier, they can be really good strategic thinkers because they can see multiple outcomes. They're going to be able to analyze and see which is the safest route. Yeah. I will also say, too, that I feel like sixes are really good at playing devil's advocate. They are someone that is going to listen and not just see one side. They're going to look and see both sides. I think even in, you know, everyday life, they're going to look at both sides from an equal perspective. And I feel like that's something that sixes are really good at. So next is the harmonic group. So they actually share this grouping with the eights and the fours. Eights, sixes, and fours are all part of the reactive group. So each type is going to overemphasize their emotions. They're going to do it in different ways. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the four, and the four does it by withdrawing. They're going to withdraw quickly, and they're going to withdraw as far away as possible, or they're going to find a rescuer to defend them in that moment. For a six, what they do is they stay engaged. They stay committed to it, but they get defensive. And what you're going to see is six, they look for a support but they still want to be independent. So they're back to that balancing beam of which do I choose? Do I find someone to support me or do I stay independent? And oftentimes they get stuck in the middle and don't know what to do. The reason, again, that they do this is because they want the support because they fear abandonment, but they also fear being too dependent. That fear comes from play on both ends of the spectrum. Again, looking at every possible outcome, they're scared of both extremes. So for the reactive groups, all, all three different types, the best advice is to actually understand that you oftentimes overemphasize your emotions. And a lot of times it's going to hurt somebody because a lot of times when we overemphasize these emotions, we're not overemphasizing joy. We're not overemphasizing creativity. Most of the time we're reacting since it's conflict or disappointment. We're either overemphasizing fear mm-hmm. we're overemphasizing our anger we're overemphasizing our sadness, and that's what causes someone to either withdraw or to lash out or to, for the sixes case, actually become scared. Mm-hmm. The best advice for you is to focus more on the competence side of things. Focus more on the positive outlook that you can learn from the other groupings. Yeah, going off of that, I would say, too, when you are thinking about those worst case scenarios, instead of just thinking about, OK, what what could go wrong? Start thinking about what could go right. I've had to do that plenty of times, especially when it comes to making big decisions. A lot of the times, Nate will know, I will go, well, this could happen. Well, this could happen. Well, that could happen. But you have been the one to remind me, okay, but what if that doesn't happen? You know, what if this actually happens? What if, you know, this thing happens? So I think it's really good to remind yourself, okay, if I'm going to give myself all these worst case scenarios, I need to also 
you know, combat those with best case scenarios. We hope you are enjoying this Enneagram series. In a better effort to serve you guys, our listeners, we would love to have you send in any questions that you might have regarding the Enneagram, whether it be about your type, maybe which number is most compatible with yours, or maybe a topic that we haven't quite covered yet. After this 10-week series, we're going to be doing a Q&A episode on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're sending in all your questions through our DMs on Instagram. Next is the Horny Vegan Group. So they actually share this with the ones and the twos. And again, this is how they deal with others to get what they desire. All of these types are part of the compliant group. So what they do is they actually stick to the rules. They stick to working hard. They stick to staying consistent to try to get what they want. Now, the pros of this group is, yes, they are committed. They are hardworking and they will keep pushing forward and they'll be reliable. The cons of that is sometimes they don't relax and sometimes burn out. The other thing is that they oftentimes feel that they're superior to others because they're putting in more effort and because they're staying consistent. So you got to watch because they almost lose that humility Hmm. sometimes whenever they're working with others and they're not getting what they desire. Now, they all do this for different reasons. The ones, if you remember, in the first Enneagram episode, they do this to gain autonomy or self-government where people can do what they're supposed to do and do it well and continue to do it because that's how one thinks the world should work. The twos, on the other hand, are gonna, they're going to do this to try to gain attention. They want to feel loved. They need to feel needed. So they're going to do this to gain attention. Sixes, on the other hand, are going to do this to gain security. They want to create a stable environment. They want to feel safe. So what they do is they can stick to their duty, stick to their commitment, yep. and just keep going on and keep pushing forward because they want to feel reliable and they want to feel safe. Now, for the compliant group, you tend to default to rules and beliefs before insight, before thinking about it. You, and honestly, sometimes it actually becomes unproductive. You tend to do busy work as opposed to the work that needs to be done. So my advice to you is actually stop and think before you just jump into being dutiful and getting the job done. Stop and think what needs to be done and what creates the best outcome. We talk about how the sixes are really good at playing devil's advocate, but sometimes they get so stuck on their beliefs and so tunnel visioned on this is the safest route. This is the only way it can be done. This is the rule. This is the belief. This is the way I have to do it, that they're not actually going to stop and think. They automatically just go with their instincts and stick to what they've always done, even though there may be a better way. Right. Just because to them, that's what feels the most secure and the most um, well known to them. And oftentimes there's going to be someone that comes along the way and it's going to throw a wrench in the system, but it comes up with a more efficient way. And if you're not open to that, again, you're going to be stuck doing busy work and you're going to be unproductive. This is why sixes are so not always compliant with change. You know, they don't like change because like you said, they have a way and they're going to just keep going in that way because that's what's secure. So a lot of times when change does come, it feels very rocky to them and very scary because they're like great, what could happen from this? You know, what, what, what's the worst thing that could happen? And it's really great for a six to find someone who's not just going to feed into your security or feed into your consistency, right? but likes to change things yep. and likes to constantly do something new and mm-hmm. likes to try it a different way just to see if it's faster or mm-hmm. see if it's better. So pair yourself up with one of the aggressive types, either a three, a seven, or an eight, I'd probably lean more towards a seven and eight, and we'll get into that in a minute as as a stress number for a six is actually a three. If you want to really dive a deep, close relationship, 
If you find a three in your life, it has to be a very healthy three. Yeah. So I'm going to go over the health levels and then Laura, you can go over some personal growth tips. Um, But as far as what it looks like to be a healthy six, when you're a healthy six, you trust yourself and you trust others. Developing trust for a six is one of the hardest things to do. And when you are able to do it, you're able to live up to your fullest potential. Sixes oftentimes form permanent relationships. They're not in it for a one or two year friend. When they form trust, they're in it for the long run. They, they want a friend that's going to be there through their highs, through their lows, and always has that support for them. You're able to elicit strong emotional responses from others. This is really important because that also takes trust. That means you built up a strong bond with a person and a strong relationship requires trust. Yeah. So if you can enlist those strong emotional responses, that, that shows that you're in a healthy state. This is a byproduct of you being in a healthy state. You're a community builder and you create stability and security in the world around you. Now, a six is growth number when they're in a healthy state. You're going to find that they're going to be more relaxed. They're going to be more optimistic, similar to a healthy nine, which we're going to get into nine in a couple of weeks. Um, but nines, when they're in a healthy state, are very relaxed, are very easygoing, and very optimistic, always looking at the bright side. And you're going to see a healthy six. Although the fear is what they struggle with, they focus, like you said earlier, to choose to, to combat that with something good. For an average six, they're all going to always be organizing and structuring. So they like to keep things in a neat order as whatever they feel as a neat order, and they like to stay consistent with that. As long as they're consistent, they're not going to fear anything. They're not going to get that anxiety. Average sixes are though going to become either passive aggressive or evasive to avoid more demand being put on them. They're afraid that if they have somebody do something for them, they're going to ask for a return favor. Or if they show up to this, they're going to be asked to do something. They don't want more responsibility than they're comfortable with, and they don't really know how to say no. So... They accept it because they're part of the dutiful group that gets things done and works hard, but it causes a lot of anxiety when they have to do more than what they plan to. So they oftentimes will evade things. That way they can just stick to their plan and not get any more dumped on their plate. They also become highly suspicious. They start to have those trust issues. A healthy, a healthy six can trust people. An average to unhealthy six doesn't trust anybody. and They become highly suspicious and oftentimes... That suspicion creates drama in the relationships that they're in. It creates chaos. When they decide to break the trust, the other person doesn't trust them. And it, it can oftentimes ruin relationships, especially when you start getting into the unhealthy side. Unhealthy sixes are highly reactive and highly defensive. Unhealthy sixes are very good at tearing people down. They oftentimes, to avoid their own fear, try to instill fear. And they oftentimes, because... Because you have to get to know a six so well for them to trust you, you have to be so vulnerable with them, they often know what really hurts. And they're not afraid to use that to put them down when you're in an unhealthy state because they'll do anything to protect themselves and to keep their security. Now, unhealthy sixes oftentimes lean towards their stress number, which is a three. And this is a competitive, and this is when they become arrogant when they see themselves as superior to others, as we talked about. The reason why I said you want to get one of the aggressive types in your life to force you to do something different, to force you to change your systems, but you may want to avoid a three unless you know for sure it's a healthy three. 
It's because if you surround yourself with too many unhealthy threes or average threes, some of the negative three traits are going to start to come out. Mm. And it's just because that's your stress number. Yeah. If they start to cause stress, you're going to see them get competitive and arrogant, and then you're going to do the same. So I encourage you to find eights and sevens because it's going to be hard. And again, if you find a really healthy three, that's good to have in your life. But it's going to be hard to find a really healthy three unless it's someone who's done a lot of development, a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring. And there's a lot of great coaches that are threes Mm -hmm. that can coach any type. Now, Laura, why don't you go over a few personal growth tips on how to take this information and utilize it to become better? So one of the things that I'll say is if you tend to be more anxious as a six, learn to acknowledge that anxiety and come to terms with it. Sometimes when you kind of just push it off and don't really acknowledge like, okay, I'm really anxious right now, you're not going to ever deal with it. And sometimes you just need to take a moment and just deal with it for what it is. And this test for you, Laura, brought that to your attention. Yeah. You didn't even realize how fearful you were of no. the irrational stuff, yep. the stuff that didn't make sense, walking through the mall and wondering if someone's following you <laughs> yes. all the time. Yes. And all the little things. This test, when you really truly take it, and this just shows you know, the, the capacity of this test and what it's capable of doing, when you truly take this test and apply it to your life, you're going to start to see those things. Yep. And if you're a six, you're going to start to see these irrational fears and be able to call them out. Right. But what I was saying is with that anxiety, you know, when you do come to terms with it, you can actually use it as fuel to be more productive and to be fully aware of where you're at. And sometimes that can help you, you know, think to yourself, okay, why am I anxious? You know, why am I stressing right now over this? Is it, you know, some, a lot of times there's an underlying reason where if, unless you're taking that time to think about it, you're not going to realize what that underlying reason is. And in a couple episodes after we're done the Enneagram, we're going to talk about emotional awareness and how it's okay to be scared. Yep. You know, you're going to feel fear. If you're a six, especially you're going to feel fear. There's no way around it, but it's what you do with that fear and how you react to it that really determines your outcome. Secondly, sixes can sometimes overreact when they're under stress or anxious. Learn what makes you overreact. Realize that the things that you fear the most actually aren't most likely going to come true. The things that sixes think of are so out there and off the wall. And I was listening to this podcast all about type sixes, and they talked about how sometimes sixes, when they're thinking about these off the wall things, they experience it in their body physically, just as if it were happening in real life. So realize that the stuff that you think about half the time isn't only, isn't even going to come true. And yes, you can't always manage what's happening around you, but you can manage what's happening with inside of you. And I encourage you to combat that with actually speaking something positive. So whatever you're thinking is your worst case scenario, speak the opposite mm-hmm. because we have power in our words yep. and our words control a lot of our outcomes because it's our mentality going into something. A negative thought can do a lot of damage, but a negative word can do a lot more. Right. So if you have the negative thought, speak the positive. Combat it with that, because it's going to help counteract that, and it's going to help you focus more on the positive. Next, I would say work on becoming more trusting. I know for me this is a huge one, to realize that most people are actually trustworthy. You can trust them, and sometimes you just have to go with it and trust them 
until they've given you a reason not to trust them. And that's been a learning thing for me. Yeah. And I know what you're immediately thinking. If you're a six right now, you're like, uh, for me to trust them, I'm going to have to be more vulnerable. And if I have to be more vulnerable, that means they could hurt me. Yeah, they could. Yep. And it's about acknowledging the fact that, yeah, this could end up hurting me. But if you don't ever trust them, you're never going to reap the, re- the reward of having a deep relationship with someone and a deep connection with someone and having support. There's got to be time that you're willing to risk or you're never going to get anything that you want. Yes. And I will also say that often other people think better of you than you think they do. And there's actually very few people who are out to get you. I think sixes a lot of times think that people have these ulterior motives or, you know, they're very suspicious. Like, why did that person just compliment me? Why did they go out of their way for me? Sometimes they're just doing it to be genuinely nice. But sometimes we as sixes perceive that as, okay, what are they really trying to do? So give people the benefit of the doubt. And lastly, I will say something that I've had to um, be aware of is that fear. I think a lot of times we think of it as a negative word or a negative emotion, but fear isn't always a bad thing. Fear can act as a guardrail for your life. I mean, if you think about, you know, if you were standing at the edge of the cliff, if you didn't have fear, okay, you're going to make a a really crazy decision. You're going to jump off. But if you have that fear, it's going to hold you back and help you make a better choice. But I feel like a lot of times we think Essex is like, oh, I have this fear. It's such a burden. It's such a you know, horrible thing that I constantly deal with. Realize that that fear sometimes is there to remind you like, okay, hey, this is the better decision to make. Yeah. And it's all about a balance. It's all about listening to the fear as a communication tool and saying, hey, what is my fear trying to save me from right now? And is it rational and is it irrational? Yep. Being able to analyze the fear rather than just sticking by to it or letting the fear control your life. That's when a that's when a six becomes unhealthy. Not you don't avoid fear. You don't get out of fear. You know, I want to make that clear. If you're a six, you're going to feel fear. Yep. It's how you react to the fear. Once again, if you if you let it control your life, you're going to be unhealthy. If you let it guide your life, you're going to be healthy. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode. We hope you've learned something new that you feel challenged and leave inspired. If there's a part of this episode that stuck out to you, be sure to screenshot the podcast, post it on Instagram, and tag us in it. Let us know what captivated you. Speaking of Instagram, we would love to connect with you and make sure that you're one of the first to know of our new episodes and exciting updates. You can follow me at It's Laura Stevens. And I'm at the period Nate Stevens. If you found value in this podcast, remember to leave us a rating or review. This will allow others to see what they can benefit from this podcast as well. Join us next week as we continue to live a life beyond the norm.